welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 57th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. I'm your host, Matthew Sardo. I'm also the co-founder of MonkeysFightingRobots.com. Are you prepared for today's podcast experience? I'm not sure if you are. Today's episode is going to be magnificent. We have actor Clifton Collins Jr., this guy has 106 film credits to his name since 1990. His first role was in the television series Freddy's Nightmare. I mean, we got to have this guy on. He's also been in The Boondock Saints 2, All Saints Day, Star Trek. He played a villain, Pacific Rim, and he's currently filming Westworld for HBO. This show has been on my radar ever since HBO announced it. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for it. Cyborgs, cowboys, sci-fi. It doesn't get better than that. In March, Clifton has Triple Nine coming out with Kate Winslet, Norman Reedus, Gail Gadot, Aaron Paul, Woody Harrelson, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Anthony Mackie, and Casey Affleck. Oh my God. I'm out of breath with all the big name actors that are going to be in this film. This is going to be an insane heist film. John Hillcoat is the director. He did The Road. Clifton also has two star-studded Terrence Malick films coming out as well. If you don't know Clifton Collins Jr., you will by the end of 2016. I guarantee it. Clifton is here today to talk about those great film projects and his new book, Prison Ramen, Recipes and Stories from Behind Bars. He wrote this with his buddy, Gustavo Alvarez. The book comes out on my birthday, November 3rd, but it is available now for pre-order. A portion of the proceeds will be donated to Homeboy Industries. Homeboy Industries provides hope, training, and support to formerly gang-involved and previously incarcerated men and women allowing them to redirect their lives and become contributing members of the community. On October 24th, Homeboy Industries has a fundraiser, Every Angelino Counts, 5K and Festival, and Clifton will be there with his book, Talking with Fans. Clifton, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. My pleasure. You are a very busy man. You have four film projects that you're working on, a book, and a charity event. Let's first talk about Westworld. How is filming moving along? It's amazing. It's kind of a dream gig, truth told. I mean, I it's, it's kind of funny to me that my grandfather would be such a huge figure in the Western world being a contract player for Bat Jack Productions, uh, John Wayne's company. And I would spend most of my career not doing any Westerns. And now I'm in a Western. It's like I... I don't know. I mean, it's Abrams, it's Nolan, it's, you know, Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris. And it's it's just a dream gig, truth told. Can you talk about your character, Lawrence? Hmm. I can, uh, let me see. Well, the man in black likes, likes to hang out with me. We do a bit of outlawing. I can tell you that much. 
Okay, because, I mean, did you see the original film when it came out, or did you read the book at all? Oh, yeah. The 1973 Walter Crichton version. It's, yeah, it's great. I mean, it was kind of like, it really laid down the groundwork for so many other films. I mean, like, you could see all the shots taken from that film for Terminator, you know, and uh, Yul Brenner is just iconic in, in the original Westworld. HBO produces high-quality television. What has impressed you the most working on the series? Exactly how qual- high-quality this really is. <laughs> I mean, the, the caliber of talent uh, across the board, from directors to crew to writers, I mean, I, I'm constantly running into actors that are on the show, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, I, I may not even know their name, but I'm huge fans. Like, whoa, you're working on this, too. It's, it's really, this is like, uh, this is on levels on par with feature filmmaking. And I, I, I got to say, I'm, I've always been impressed with HBO, but they've really lifted the bar here. They've raised it quite high. You're starting to build up a sci-fi resume as of late. Is that the plan? Uh, no, the plan is just to uh, work on pieces that intrigue me and challenge me as a character actor and um, subject matter that intrigue me and also working with talent. I mean, you know, getting in bed with... J.J. Abrams again and Nolan's company is just a, a dream, a dream thing. They're they're very good to their people and they're very loyal and, and they've got a lot of integrity and that's something I, I really respect, admire, and it's uh, it's what flows through my blood. The next project that you're working on, and this one really jumps out at me, is Triple Nine. The cast is insanely impressive. What can you tell <laughs> us about this film? Triple Nine is a ride. It is such a beautiful ride, and yes, the talent again. That was another dream gig. That was one of the few gigs where I was excited to, to race home to get back into the studies. Um, it was quite painful, the, the research, just because of the subject matter. Um, you know, I play a homicide detective, Detective Franco, and um, it, it's heavy. You know, Triple Nine, you know, Triple Nine is, is uh, you know, 999 is what police officers call when, when they're in trouble. And they think the shit is going to hit the fan and... And, and things are going to go south, and it's do or die, they'll, they'll phone in a 999. And that's when all officers converge on the area to um, down the officer. There's like a heist involved, and there's there's gang members and the, the corrupt cops as well. And the director, John Hellcoat, he brings a heavy element to the table too, correct? He brings a very authentic um, element, and, and working with Hellcoat, it was just, it was such an energetic collaboration. I mean, I, I love working with Hillcoat. He's a lot of fun. Um, he keeps a great, a great mood in the environment. And, um, you know, he's the kind of guy that, that likes realism. It's like if you see a car chase that's, you know, supposed to be 110, 120, there is a damn good chance that they really are going 120. That's how Hillcoat likes to roll, and I really respect him and love it for him. I, I'll work with him on anything. Who's performance in triple nine just blew you out of the water man there's there's a few uh everybody's rock solid i mean everybody's rocks i mean just and you, you went over the cast you saw it <laughs> it's kind of hard like a favorite but you know regards performance who really knows there's there's all so everybody came with their a game it was like uh, it was a blast yeah after and i've worked with all, all friends like Norman Reedus and Aaron Paul, you know what I mean? And, and there's some new friends, too, so that's, you know, new family. It's a beautiful thing. After True Detective, Woody Harrelson has always been an amazing actor, but I feel like it took him to another level that he was probably already at 
that's the first person that jumps out at me. You know, you got Aaron Paul, Norman Reedus, Anthony Mackie, Kate Winslet's in there. I mean, it's just that's going to be an amazing film just on, you know, the cast and crew alone. Casey Affleck brings it, too. And Chewy Tell, Chewy Tell brings it hard. Um, I've already seen the film, so I, I'm, I'm really happy. It's just like you, you always hope for the best and kind of uh, expect the worst, but this, this kind of hit on all levels. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful. And then you have another one that's completely stacked as well. you got two of them. Uh, you're working on two Terrence Millick projects, Knights of the Cup, and the second one is Untitled. Are those two films connected? No. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, gee, that was like, you know, somebody pinched me. I'm working with Terrence Malick again. It was like when he, he called to work with me again, I had out of this TV show I was doing with a smile. You know, it's like I'm going to work for Terry. It's like, you know, this the guy did Badlands. You know what I mean? It's like he's a badass. He, it's like the world was created for him to shoot. <laughs> and does this, he's so childlike in his approach. Does the second film have a title yet or no? Um, I believe it does. I, I don't recall what it is right now. Okay. Cause it's, I've heard rumors of a few titles. Because that's the one that intrigued me because it, it's set in Austin, and I can't picture Michael Fassbender with a country vibe, but what's the feel of that film? Um, it's really kind of magical. You know, we had a scene that was completely created on the spot, which was it, it got me working with Benicio Del Toro again and Natalie Portman again and, you know, Fassbender for the first time. We'd hung out before. We'd met in Statham like a year earlier. So it was really, I'm a huge fan. He's a badass. So it was uh, it's a really magical scene. I hope it makes the movie. And you were in uh, Pacific Rim. Have you been contacted about a sequel? I've been trading emails and calls. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the... excited to get down on Pacific Rim again. Are you kidding me? Working with Guillermo del Toro is, uh, you know, he pre-lights everything. So, you know, there's a lot of time to just shoot, 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 and that's a blast. And for the non-filmmakers, when you say pre-light, what do you mean by that? Uh, pre pre lighting is like when you know usually in between setups when they when they're moving from coverage they're going to shoot me in and move to Charlie Hunnam or Idris it's uh you know they've got to relight it and a set that's that big for where I'm shooting from the command center you know it's really specific because you'll get all kinds of unwanted shadows that don't look realistic so Guillermo's is is so about just getting all the work done that he's got all the lights set up pretty much anywhere and everywhere so. And a lot of times when they get ready to do a new setup, they'll have you go, you can go to your trailer for 15 minutes or a half hour. In this case, there's a lot of work time in the sense that, you know, you're going to sit in your cast chair for like maybe five minutes if you're lucky. So it's a lot of takes, which is awesome because it gives you a chance to really dial in a performance. And you mentioned Idris. Uh, The fans really want him to be the next James Bond. Do you want to see that happen? And how do you think he would handle the James Bond role? I think it just would be a badass James Bond. I was a bit, I was a bit taken aback. You know, I, I know his his work, um, the edgier work, you know, um, that he had done, kind of got him some visibility. But again, it just fascinates me that, you know, it's like when I did 187. It was very hard for me to do any non-hard street thuggish type roles until years later. And, and I think people forget that they're actors. And if you listen. Idris, Idris is so gentlemanly and like regal. It's like he's like one of the least street people. I so I was a bit taken aback and a bit saddened. I, I thought for sure um, 
the gentleman that was making all these accusations would have some kind of insight to the craft of acting, you know, to say that Idris can do. And I mean, if you listen to his interviews, you, he, he's very James Bondish. <laughs> <laughs> you also, I mean, you're a really busy guy. You have a book coming out in November, a prison ramen recipes and stories from behind bars with more than 65 ramen recipes and stories from prison. Just in general, where did this idea come from? This came. This idea came up from a dear childhood friend of mine, Gustavo Alvarez, who was uh, at Chino during the riot, and he experienced a, a very big um, life-changing event where he helped a lot of inmates um, get through the night. <clears throat> that, in, in general, in prison system, they're pretty much sworn enemies, but uh, this wasn't the time for that. And there's a time for healing. And he thought, God, I'd love to do a ramen book. Because when you read the book, you'll see we explain more or less exactly how it happened. But uh, he came up like, hey, I'd love to do a, a, a prison you know, prison ramen recipe book. I was like, well, there's got to be a way that we can give, at, give back in a bigger way. And that's where we cued into a Father Greg Boyle and Homeboy Industries and the organization that helps at-risk gang use and who has the highest, highest rate of uh, you know, rehabilitation, um, into society, into job world, into out-of-gang lives, um, you know, which is something that the prison system today with so many privatized systems, uh, the last thing they want to see is uh, an inmate actually becoming a productive member of society and actually being a, a, a good doer. <laughs> but that's what Father Greg does, and there's a lot of love when you go down there and visit, and there's a lot of people starting to pay attention, and there's other organizations similar to uh, homeboys that are starting to pop up across the country and they're very very much needed right now and I'm, I'm very grateful for him and and everything that he's done after researching homeboy industries and, and father greg boyle it's hard not to be inspired to help out the the solar panel training and certificate program is a brilliant idea with where we're moving as a society and technology what's it like to see the impact that homeboy industries has made firsthand it's it's mind blowing. I gotta honestly, this is probably the first time I'm gonna say this, but uh, or on air, <clears throat> I, I walked in there not knowing really what to expect, and I didn't even know if Father Greg was there. But when I saw like Crips and Bloods and you know Northsiders and Southsiders and Latinos all in the same room, it looked like the beginnings of a gang rumble. And as a younger kid, when I I I had a lot of situations myself. I mean, I've been shot at quite a few times. In my earlier days, to walk in there and see this, my 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 spidey senses just started tingling. Like, whoa, this is dangerous! Like, it's getting ready to jump off. And I was thrown back to like my teenage days. And then, when the true reality hit, that all these people are at the rock bottom of their lives, and now fi finally have a glimmer of hope because of Father Greg. So much so that they're talking with their enemies, they're helping each other, they're being present, they're. You know, some of them are very articulate because they've been going through the speech programs there. Um, I, I literally wanted to cry because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was so fascinating to me. And I, the, the homeboys and the homegirls wanted to take pictures, which I entirely and completely obliged them 100%. Anything to distract me from the emotional surprise and shock and pain that I was feeling of this beautiful moment. It was I, I don't even know how truly I'd articulate it, but I took everything to hold the tears back at all this healing that was happening. That's amazing. And I, I was just blown away by, like, everything that goes on with that. I went, to, I went to the website, saw some videos. 
And again, just the layers on layers of what they do from training, education, you know, the tattoo removals. It was all just to, you know, if you got in trouble, they didn't care. And, and you came back and they, they built you back up and, and gave you pride. And, and, and just, you know, it was it was amazing to watch all that happen. I'm, I'm so appreciative that you took the time to research. That that means a lot to And I'm sure you probably got, got a, a joy out of it yourself. I lived uh, 12 years in Chicago. And Chicago's got some of the worst gang violence in in. in in the in the world probably and sure. to see something like this that's actually you know building people up and, and bringing people together and, and that's what we need more of so i'm i'm definitely a, a champion of, of letting more people know about that and, and and getting that word out and you guys have on october 24th homeboy industries has a fundraiser every angelino counts a 5k and festival uh my 5k speed has slowed down over the years will you be running jogging or walking you know what? I was I was actually just going to sit there and sign books and take pictures, but I'm I'm kind of I you know Father Greg does it, so if he does it, I just want to be with the people. And and I was a, a little a little apprehensive at first because it's, it's it's a group of people and a bunch of people and there's a bunch of cops too. And and I had to ask I said, these cops that are there, how do they do? Because they've there's such a a generalized demonization of anybody who's not a, a police officer or, you know, part of the 1%, which obviously I fit in that bracket, but for the homeboys and homegirls, they don't. There's a lot of love coming from the police officers as well, and there's a lot of, there's a strong desire to want to understand one another, which I know kind of goes against kind of the policy right now, so it seems, but it's, it's that, that made me really excited, and I'm excited to be able to hang out with both the homeboys and the the good police officers and the, the police women of, of the area that are also going to be participating. So it's going to be a very fun event. And you, you touched on it. What What is it like that transition going from that different, you know, I don't know, demographic brackets from, you know, growing up, like you said, getting shot at and then you have an acting career and then, you know, you were always getting like a thug role and now you're, you're expanding your roles. What is what is that changeover like? What is that? I don't even know how to put it in words, but what what is that like? So, you, see, see, honestly, in the very beginning, i got to tell you, you know, my peers were gang members. If they weren't, like, actors, like, struggling, trying to work, they were gangbangers. And I, I appreciated the camaraderie. I appreciated the loyalty. I, pre- I mean, I come from a broken home myself. So, you know, you're looking for some kind of brotherhood. You know, and that's what, you know, you know the, the police departments carry that. The military carries that. You know, glee clubs in high school carry that if you're in high school. So... You know, for me, I had always grown up imitating so many different characters, whether it's the characters my grandfather played in the Westerns or John Wayne or Walter Brennan. You know, I just loved, you know, mimicking and imitating people. And and, uh, there came a point where, like, I saw other roles, like maybe the role of Private Miter in Tigerland, and I'd be like, I can play that role. I know I can, just because other people think that I do thug roles so well, and and I'd like to think I do a lot of my roles well. It doesn't mean that I can't branch out and do other characters. And I was happy to audition as well. So there was a strong desire because I was denied the opportunity. Um, you know, they're, they're very quick. Hollywood's very quick to play any, you know, non-Native American, cast them white, or any non-Latino, or any Latino role, cast them white before they are to cast a Latino to play white. So that's just, the, you know, that's just the way Hollywood's been throughout history. I mean, when, you know, Chuck Connors plays Geronimo, you know, it's like, it's, it's just a funny thing. It's a fight. It's an uphill battle. And, and I took that uphill battle, and I embraced it, and I took it as a challenge. And, you know, sometimes you win, and sometimes you don't, and you just got to keep it moving and, 
and, and keep it positive and stay passionate. You know, and I am passionate. I'm, I'm very passionate about all of this. And when, when I was, you know, like I said, I was researching and I wanted to put some stuff on social media uh, and I tried to find a couple pictures of you. The one interesting thing that I saw was no two pictures of you look exactly the same. From hairdos <laughs> to looks to face. Like, how do you pull off? You know, I honestly don't know, but I feel like I'm running out of uh, uh, disguises. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, which I'm very happy to admit, uh, Westworld, you're going to see something very, very new and a beautiful independent. I just finished shooting. I just saw a rough cut of Transpecos where I play a border patrolman. Um, and and I, I, I was very blessed to, to work with a, a dear friend who's now a dear friend who's a, a retired border patrolman who got into it when he was 18 and, and learned a lot of the, the sad, you know, inside things that the, most of the public don't even have a clue about. Um, but that character, I, I was very. Uh, I, I, I watched a rough cut Friday night with with Marilyn Manson, and ten minutes into my character, he turns to me with a big shit-eating grin and says, "I had no idea that was you." And that was like I felt like my bullseye moment. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> got you, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun for me. I mean, some, I don't always pull it off, but. I believe me. I, that's that's my goal is to hide behind a character and, and have some kind of a message. I ha- I have a solid nerd background, and uh, w- one of your I think it was your second gig was in the original Flash TV show. Is there any chance that we'll see you in the new Flash TV show? Y- you know, I got to tell you, uh, I, I believe it was Clancy Brown did some episodes, and we talked about that, and I was like, man, I would. It would just be fun for me, you know what I mean? I mean that kind of gig obviously wouldn't be a, a career move for me, but it would be a fun gig for me. And I, I let Clancy know, let them know that I was completely open to it, and uh, I would entertain the idea if my schedule permitted. It would be fun, I think. I mean, Mark. So who knows? Maybe. I mean, Mark Hamill revisited his character from The Flash, so I mean, if it's good enough for Luke Skywalker, it should be good enough for Clifton, correct? <laughs> it would be awesome. It would just be fun to just go back and visit. You know, something like that. You know, I, on the same note, I'd love to do an older gangbanger role, too. You know, it's like James Cagney when he did Public Enemy Number 1 and Little Angels Dirty Faces. You know, he got to revisit, revisit that character in, in, in White Heat, you know, some, you know, 20 years later. That, that, that would be a, a joy of mine. What character do you want to go back and revisit that you have in your resume? I, I would certainly say, I would say Cesar from 187 with Sam Jackson, but, you know, that ended kind of violently. Um, and then maybe, uh, you know, there's this little indie I did where we played Cajuns called Little Chenier. That, that would be a fun role just because I, I love, I love the, 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 the poverty of the area juxtaposed against the richness of the souls of the people, the Cajun people. They're so full of love and life and, and, and on ways that, that people with, with financial richness do not have. You know, there's something to be said for that. Clifton, thank you for your time, and best of luck with all your projects. Thank you, man. I really appreciate the the attention to the questions, man. That means a lot to me. That was Clifton Collins Jr. Oh, my God. That was a great conversation. His film, Triple Nine, will be out in March. His book, Prison Ramen, Recipes and Stories from Behind Bars, is available now for pre-order. And if you live in the L.A. area... Join Clifton on October 24th for Every Angelino Counts 
5K and Festival. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Oh, no! Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on SoundCloud. Also, if you have a chance, rate our show on iTunes. If you have an Android device, listen to our show on Stitcher. There's also this great app called TuneIn. Listen to every radio station, get this, in the world. Plus the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast. The podcast part is the really important part. But in the world, that's pretty amazing. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the 57th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots a success. Special thanks to Clifton Collins Jr. for calling the Monkeys Fighting Robots hotline. Jeff Shade is the creator of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkeys Fighting Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? The staff at Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up and running. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. Once upon a morning, there was a freshly brewed McCafe coffee. It was made with 100% Arabica beans, yet something was missing. Fear not, in the distance, a sausage McMuffin with egg rides toward the sunrise in quest for breakfast. The perfect pair met at McDonald's, and mornings were happy forever after. Right now, get a $1 small coffee and a $2 sausage McMuffin with egg from the $1-2-3 menu. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.